0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Flexing Physio Podcast. My name's Dan and I'm a physio currently based in Melbourne, Australia. This podcast is aimed for both students and new grads. In this podcast, there will be lots of fun banter and cool guests. Now, let's get into this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Flexing Physio Podcast. Uh, this this podcast has it's a multi million dollar franchise and it's international and it's uh, it's hosted people such as Beyonce and Jay Z and today we have the Canadian physiotherapist we've got Noah Mendel welcome to the show Noah really glad to have you and finally be able to speak to you
1: yeah Dan thanks for having me I mean Jay Z's my favorite rapper so it's nice to finally be among his ranks so that's great i'm, I'm glad to finally have made it to that
0: level <laughs> we're, we're basically on the same level noah so we've made it in life
1: <laughs> Yeah, good good to know <laughs>
0: we've done it for those of you who don't know who noah is um no if you don't mind give us a bit of a give us a spiel of who you are give us your tinder profile and and your bio go for it yeah so i'm a
1: rapper no, uh, <laughs> I am I'm a resident physiotherapist in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I'm a new grad, so I graduated uh, late last year, last fall, uh, and I've been practicing for about four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work at a sports medicine clinic called Push Pound Sports Medicine. Uh, And I'm also a social media creator and manager for Physio Network, um, which is a research review company, Um, really, really great service. Uh, And on top of that, you know, I'm very active on my own social media and I can get into other non-professional stuff, too, if you're interested. But that's basically me from a professional standpoint.
0: Fantastic. Well, in in a a moment, I'm going to ask you a couple of um, this or that questions, which will get to know you a little bit more about your non-professional background. But that's cool. And I've seen a lot of your work, and you post some, you know, some really good stuff and evidence-based. And you call out people's BS. And we we work in a profession where there's everyone can have a voice. So I think it's important that we stick with uh, what's true and also stick with good evidence-based practice. So good on you. All right, let's get into the this or that questions which i did not send you so um good luck would you rather <laughs> have a patient with bad breath or bad body odor
1: uh bad body odor i think honestly bad breath i
0: can't really? do it I can't do it yeah but it odor. Body, od- body odor like there's no way you can escape it it's just there but whereas bad breath you can kind of dodge your face around their head
1: that's true I, I can't disagree with that, but I feel like when bad breath hits, it hits way harder.
0: Yeah, that's true. So you just have to play the good game of dodging. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause I I'm I'm the I'd rather bad breath rather than body odor. I, I can't deal with a sour, sour smell. I yeah,
1: I don't blame you. I don't love it. Personally, yeah.
0: So well, I feel like Canadians, they all they all take kind of take care of themselves. So I don't I don't think it's a problem over there, right? Whereas Aussies, whoo, you get some farmers coming. Gee, whizzicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on the time of the year. We're just getting out of winter now.
1: Uh so mm. you know, in the summer, I can imagine it's not the best.
0: Yeah, I can I can relate. All right. Next question. Would you rather on a patient, would you rather rehab someone's ACL or Achilles rupture? acl
1: acl yeah do i need a explanation here or are we doing rapid fire
0: that nah, rapid fire i like it i'm i'm actually opposite i'd rather rehab an achilles but anyway would you rather train in the morning or in the afternoon the morning same that's good I right. have it's
1: no. Okay. along a little bit i guess
0: yeah i've got zero <laughs> motivation after work man yeah it's exhausting to do it afterwards i'd much
1: rather just get it out of the way
0: Yeah. That's it. All right. Last one. Would you rather pizza or burger? Uh,
1: Burger, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm, Uh, Unless I I went to New York recently and the pizza Mm. there, it's infinitely better compared to what we have here. So maybe if I was in New York or something or Italy, it'd be pizza, but for the most part I'm picking burger.
0: Yeah, no, nah, good option. This definitely, you can fit more into the burger than you can on a pizza, that's for sure. All right, my mm-hmm. last one, sorry, I lied before. Uh, the last one is, would you rather 1 million followers or 100 loyal followers?
1: 100
0: loyal followers. Oh, really? I'm a bit superficial. Sure. I'd rather 1 million followers.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100 is too little, I feel like. You know, I really want to say a million, but if yeah. I mean it's, I mean, are none of them loyal?
0: Yeah, they're just all fake followers. No, I'd rather a 100 then. Yeah, that's fair. I'm just a superficial human. <laughs> I like, it's so
1: close though. The margins are very slim on that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've uh, put a bit of a poll or asked me a question thing on Instagram. So I got some questions sent in. So we've got some from your followers. We've got some from my followers. So the first one is from our uh, our big man, Farazel Physio. I think he's based in England.
1: Yeah, he's in the UK.
0: yeah Yeah, he's in the uk anyway so he wants to ask you who do you think is the best dressed and sexiest male in the physio world i feel like this is a very loaded question but
1: yeah it's it's easy to not pick him um anytime i've ever done anything with kieran richardson Mm -hmm. faraz will always send me a message saying kieran needs better shirts something along those lines so i'm gonna have to pick kieran just to just to get on Faraz's nerves a bit, because that's one of my favorite things to do.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds good. Good answer there. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the uh, the actual um, proper, you can say proper clinical questions. So let's talk about um, what do you think are the biggest mistakes uh, that new grads tend to make?
1: Um, you know, I feel like the mistakes that new grads tend to make, new grads tend to make sort of stems from this pattern of thinking where they really zoom in a lot um, and and they want to be the best physio and they really sort of get myopic and short-sighted in the sense where they want to improve their skills and they want to take the best courses. Mm -hmm. And I really think what people should be doing, especially when they first graduate, is taking a really big step out and thinking, how to improve on their critical thinking skills, and sort of adopting principles and learning principles as opposed to memorizing facts and, Mm. and, you know, um, like the best way to do certain things. So that's, I guess, the overarching theme, uh, I would say.
0: Yeah that's a really interesting point because i think at uni you get so used to honing in on the, minor, the the smallest detail like what is this left scapula doing um why is it causing the 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 pain in the shoulder for example um but sometimes it's all that post hoc fallacy stuff so t- i like what you said about taking a step back and just assessing it big picture and then you can start honing in once you gain a little bit more experience and then you can start doing courses according to your um you know your interests and your speciality so i like that do you see sorry i said yeah it's so important Mm. do you see any other mistakes that new grads well because you're a new grad this year right yeah yeah, yeah. Have you personally made any mistakes? I'm. I, I know you seem perfect, but you can. Yeah, kind of... No, I haven't.
1: No, I've never made mistakes. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you know, um,
1: and and I've I've heard you say this on the podcast yourself, um, and it's something that I've done, which is when I was first starting, um, which again wasn't that long ago. Uh, I was trying to maybe I think talk at people too much. Yeah. Uh, and provide too much education and what I've really been trying to do lately is talk a lot less Mm. and ask way more open-ended questions instead of saying you know like let's say I do some manual therapy or something I think a common thing someone will say after they do some manual therapy is how's that feel pretty good yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) though you'll always lead people a certain way so I'm trying to ask more open-ended questions like how are you feeling and then just leaving it at that um so just really trying to come up with some more strategies from a conversational standpoint Mm. uh, that allow a better conversation
0: yeah i love it an open-ended question is it's so underrated and when i first started working man i would i had a cheat sheet in front of me because i was so nervous and i'd go through okay the subjective the current history medical history general health and i just kind of list them off and bang 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 but sometimes if you just ask them oh so ha- what brought you into see me and just sit back let them talk um they often answer all the questions for you and you just mm-hmm. have to learn how to weed out the important stuff and the other stuff that you can use for banter later on. Yeah and I get that at first it makes
1: sense to have that checklist and I was yeah. doing the same thing but once you get comfortable with it yeah then you know those things are going to pop up naturally as you said and it's really yeah. and, and you just i find if you could just get more comfortable with sitting across from the person and really trying to get to know them a little bit better all of that stuff will come naturally and it really just takes the pressure off 100 uh, helpful that you know you don't feel like you have to memorize all these things <laughs>
0: yeah, but I've actually got a tattooed on my chest. So every time I, <laughs> um, I every time I forget, I just do a cheeky like, oh, there you go. subjective <laughs> it's an upside down tattoo, yeah, yeah, like prison break style <laughs> uh, Now, that's good. That's really good. Um uh, good advice there. So if you're a student listening to this, um just relax. Don't. Don't uh, be so wound up because the more wound up you are as a physio, I feel like your patient's going to feel that vibe in the room and then they're probably going to be a bit nervous and you don't want a nervous patient. They're already nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. All right. Well, let's move on to the next question. This I personally struggled with a lot and this is the whole rebooking uh, people without feeling bad. I used to think, you know, why should I rebook them? I'm not good enough or I don't want to make them pay another consult where you know, just just see how you go in a couple of weeks and then blah, blah, blah. So what's your, you know, your experiences around rebooking people?
1: Yeah, it's such a good question. And again, I'd be lying if I said that I was perfect here and that I've never experienced this issue myself and that I, yeah. I continue to have to feel it. But uh, I think the first thing is weeding out whether or not it's an issue with you being insecure about it or mm. are you actually doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing? So sometimes I'll feel maybe that like, I shouldn't be so aggressive with rebooking a patient, yeah. but then I'll find that the patient is pushing harder than me to rebook. And, <laughs> okay. it's, and and then that makes me realize, okay, like maybe some of this is insecurity, you know, like maybe some people really do want to come in for physio and not every single person that you're rebooking is always this, you know, like nefarious business decision.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so, so that's one thing. Uh, The other thing, um, you know, some people, let's say they have back pain um, and it's an acute case of back pain. I feel like it's very important to outline the natural history um, and say, you know, most cases of acute back pain, they last about six weeks. Now, that's an average. It, It lasts less than that. Sometimes sometimes it lasts more. Here are the things that you can do that maybe might slow that down. Um, and then you could say something like in the meantime we continue to we could continue to work together we could like do things where you could stay active we could do exercises together and you don't frame it in a way where you're saying like I need you to come in yeah. so that I can heal you yeah. uh so I guess the other thing there is making sure that you're not saying things that aren't consistent with You know the scientific consensus when it comes to tissue healing timelines natural history all that sort of stuff and i i I wanted to bring up a sort of interesting example here where someone came into me uh with a minor case of knee pain Mm -hmm. uh well minor in my eyes at first so they came in and they said my knees flared up over the weekend they're feeling pretty good now but i've had bad knees my whole life Uh, and I booked in when I was in pain and I'm feeling pretty good now, but I really want to make sure, you know, this is all sorted out. And I had a lengthy conversation with them about, you know, why they think their knees are in pain. Mm -hmm. And we of course did the objective assessment. And after all this time, you know, clinically there wasn't a diagnosis there. There was no tests that brought out that pain, even like a heel elevated squat to a full knee bend. Um, hopping, like, you know, pretty aggressive stuff that would typically sure. bring out to knee pain. So what I told this person was, listen, I think you have healthy needs. And where I see myself potentially playing a role in your life, and this was after a lengthy conversation of, of course, diving into why I think their needs are healthy, right? Sure. I, I, I finished it by saying, I think it would be a cool opportunity to work together for the next few weeks or so. Mm. And we could show you all the things that you can do with your knees if your knees are ever in pain again i could show you how to manage it and i could teach you as much about your body as you'd like in this time uh and they were more than happy to do that that wasn't me pressuring them so i I think that's another instance just to say like you, you could provide value to someone even if um you're not just even if your one goal is like not to just like take away their pain you know you have more value than just that
0: I, I love first of all, I just want to say I love the way that you speak. Um I right now I'm feeling quite I don't know whether you've just had a long day, but I love the 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 speed at which you speak at, it's very clear, it's very concise and it's it's hitting the nail right on the head. So, I mean, I'm assuming you speak like this to patients too, but I feel really calm and relaxed and I can't be calm because I'm about to go to work and I need to be, you know, on, <laughs> not on edge, but I need to be ready to, to work. So, uh, first of all, I love the way that you speak and I also like the fact that you leave it as an option so that you're not saying, okay, you need to come in so that I can fix you. But, give it to them as an option. Um, I feel like one thing that I struggled with is that I would assume someone's financial status and assume that they can't afford it or whatever. But, you know, it's kind of like, how dare how dare I assume what they can afford and what they can't afford? Leave it as an option. If they can't afford it, they will let us know and then we can work out some sort of a plan. But it's all about talking to the person, not um, not really, you know, treat the person, not not their scan or not their diagnosis, so...
1: well thank you for the compliment I really I appreciate that but yeah I couldn't I couldn't couldn't agree more you know like you you can outline what you think is best and Mm -hmm. then they'll counter as long as you provide your opinion in a way that isn't too you know like patriarchal like where where you're not you're not coming at this like standpoint that like you have to do this yeah I think is best you know what do you think can you yeah. commit to that? Is this something that you can commit to? Yeah, it, it's a it's a two way street.
0: Exactly, uh, I like it. All right, let's um. So Sam Sportsmed, I don't know. Do you know this guy on Instagram?
1: Yeah, I know him. Yeah,
0: he he didn't send in a question, but he sent in a statement. So I'll read it out to you. He said, "Noah, you're a gun. Fully support your stuff. Just saying." <laughs> thank you sam i appreciate that I, I, appreciate I like i like the
1: new stuff that he's doing he's on he's on video a little more and um, yeah sam i think you could uh do some really great stuff going forward
0: love it yeah i feel like social media is such a good tool to to get some good messages out there and it has so much reach and potential so uh well done sam and we're all just trying to fight the good fight and, uh, motivate students and new grads and even older clinicians as well. I think it's it's important. Fantastic. All right, let's move on to the next lot of questions. Now, these the I've kind of clumped uh, th- a few people have asked this question. I've kind of clumped them all together. So this this question is from the real serene, um, Keith, who is a Malaysian physio, and um, Ashley Active, who I believe is a physio as well. So they want to know. How do you gain knowledge and how do you gain confidence as a new grad?
1: I actually, I just made a video on this. Oh, um, ah, well, anyway, So that's coming out this week. So watch that. And no, I'm kidding. Um, Subtle plug. So, yeah, um, so I, I, I guess I, it's a good start to just outline what's in that video. But um, the the things that I said was that number one is consume a lot of material. Um, you know, like I I think if you give yourself reason to be confident, then, um, then that's where true confidence comes from. There's no like fake way to, to get your confidence. And I think just the more you consume material, the more you can base you, the more you have substance to base that confidence off of. So it's consuming a lot of podcasts, research, research reviews. Like I mentioned physio network earlier and Mm. I'm not just plugging them because I work for them. I was subscribed to it before uh, I even started working for them. So it's a great resource. Um, And, 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 you know, continuously learning is really important, not just because you have that substance to base your confidence off of, because, you know, I don't think that I know everything. That's not why I'm confident. Mm. But the fact that I've developed this habit of learning makes me confident because I know if I don't know the answer to something, then eventually i could maybe find it or maybe that answer doesn't exist yet
0: yeah you know
1: and and the other thing that allows you to be a little more confident is being okay with being wrong and with mm-hmm. being uncertain because if you're not okay with that and you are wrong or uncertain about something that's that's just where self doubt comes from yeah you know and and that's going to feel terrible and you're not going to feel confident so it's being comfortable with uncertainty As well, it's huge because that's what physio is. There's always going to be things we don't know. For
0: sure. I often say that we have to thrive in the gray area. There are some things where you can be pretty confident, but you can never be a hundred percent confident, right? Whereas my wife, my wife's an accountant, and she can be a hundred percent confident that she's reached the answer. And I often tell her, I'm like, Man, I wish. We can swap roles just for one day. I just want to be hundred percent confident in my job for just one day, you know? Yeah. It must <laughs> be nice. Stuff myself? <laughs> it must be nice. Yeah,
1: I think I think that's a really important differentiate differential. Wow, how do you say that word? Differentiator. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yes. know. <laughs> uh you know, it's key to to differentiate between having a hundred percent confidence in your answer or just generally being confident because as you said, I don't think we can ever be a hundred percent confident with things other than that. Like, Hey, if you lift weights, you'll probably gain some muscle (laughs) if you do it a certain way. Or like if you drink water, that's probably good for you. Like those things we can probably be pretty confident about, Uh, but there's a lot of things that are continuously changing. So I think the true confidence will probably come from being okay with being a bit uncertain.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. Do you, um, other than physio network, uh, which I, I love, by the way, I love the the reviews and the the blogs and the the podcast. Other than that, do you have any other resources to help you stay up to date?
1: Yeah. Um, I, you know, I feel like years ago, I probably wouldn't have said this, but social media is, <clears> can be a really good source. There's a yep. lot of good physios on social media. And I think maybe a good strategy to help vet out whether or not they're good uh sources um number one see if they post references number two see if like they're in a network of people that seem like they're pretty evidence-based uh always take things with a grain of salt i'd say social media is a good one uh podcasts you know if you're a new grad this is probably a really good podcast to listen to 100 um (laughs) if like there and i think i'll just name drop some other really great podcasts um yeah another australian jared powell the shoulder yeah. physio podcast that's a really great it's amazing one. really good yeah he's fantastic um adam meekins and greg layman are yeah. excellent sources with the nif podcast yeah uh pt inquest with eric jason jw Chris, those guys are all really, really great. They're really good for making you feel dumb too because those guys are super smart. Um, And E3 is another really good one too.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have any uh, Instagram handles or Instagram people that you would personally recommend to follow?
1: Yeah, all the people I just mentioned. Um, You've had Bo on. Bo's great.
0: Bo science. Controversial, but great. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah man there there's so many like there really are I, I think a good start if you guys are interested is to go to either my profile or dan's profile and just see a lot of physios that we follow yeah, because there definitely. really are a, a lot of people yeah um and it depends on what you're interested in you know like there's good people for the hip like uh yeah. like the hip physio i'm a gem I th- I'm probably butchering his name. So I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. Um, if you're interested in like ACLs, like you should probably follow McKees. You should probably follow yeah. like Kieran Richardson.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So. You've been,
0: you've been, you've been releasing that, some good content on ACL stuff, man. And we we'll, we'll, we have a question <laughs> on that later on, but, um, but yeah, I just want to say well done on the content you've been releasing. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm trying to, you
1: know, I'm just seeing a lot of them. So yeah, I uh, just, I'm, I'm trying to adapt and um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because like obviously you work in a sports med uh, center. So I think you'd get a lot of those acute um, sporting-related injuries, right?
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. That's Yeah, that's great. All right. So the next lot of questions will go quick fire because he's asked quite a few. Um, this is from the Malaysian physio student. His name is Keith. Um, so his first one is, when is a total knee replacement suggested for arthritis? Um and would you suggest at least one year of physio?
1: That's a big it depends question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think in general, yeah, I would try physio before opting for surgery in yep. the vast majority of cases. Hmm. Um, you know, like I, I assume, did he say is rheumatoid arthritis, osteoarthritis?
0: Uh, I just said arthritis.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely try physio first. Uh, I wouldn't. I would like surgery is probably not the first line of treatment in most cases. Um, and 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 also like exercise is not the only way to approach osteoarthritis. I mean, there's this new randomized control trial that's showed saline injections were pretty good when compared mm-hmm. to the Glad program. Saline, salt water. So that <laughs> one is terrible for the biases. Yeah. Um, but point being is that there's a lot of, of things that you could try. Like nutrition is a big part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I, so yeah, I wouldn't jump to get, to get surgery and um, you know, it depends on the onset, the age comorbidities, so many things. So yeah. I think one year saying as a blanket statement is like, I don't feel comfortable saying that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. I think the, with um, surgery with um, knee, uh, sorry, knee arthritis stuff, it's all the, the final resort. And you should always try all, all the other stuff first and do all the basic stuff well, such as having good sleep quality, good hydration, nutrition, all the stuff you mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you're a smoker, probably see if you can quit, uh, walk more, all those basic things. If you can do them well and tick all the boxes, and it's if it's still giving you crappy quality of life and you're still experiencing horrible symptoms, then yeah, that's when you get, get a consult with the surgeon and potentially get. Uh, a knee replacement. So as you said, it, it is a big, it depends question, like with most things in our line of work.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. All right. Next question is how do you program plyos in patients?
1: Yeah. Um. Again, <laughs> it depends.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, but it is a good question. I feel like physios struggle with, with that uh, in a lot of cases, because we did not learn anything about that in school. Mm. um first off like a true plyo i think it's important to to talk about what that is and that's defined by a really quick stretch shortening cycle so it's the landing and then a quick takeoff it's not you know a a a really slow takeoff when it comes to like a box jump or something um not to say there's never a place for that Mm. but uh i think it's important to to get like the terminology straight before we we talk about that sort of thing um so I mean, we could talk about it like it's jumping or like it's plyos, but either way, again, it depends. It depends on the injury, yeah. but um, it's important to start with pretty low level stuff. I would say if people are coming off of something like, I don't know, Achilles rupture and ACL tear, mm-hmm. I really like to start with um, reverse banded jumps. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll hook up like a, a heavy band to a pull-up bar. Yeah. And they'll grab yeah. onto it. It feels yeah. like you're sort of jumping on a trampoline.
0: I love it. Uh, it's such a good exercise. I do it all the time. It's fun. Just for fun. Oh, it is fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so I, I
1: like doing stuff like that. I like yeah. elevating the front foot yeah. and then making the back foot, the jumping leg, the more you lean forward on the front foot, if it's on a bench or something, mm-hmm. the more you're offloading that back leg. So that's yeah. a good way to start introducing single leg stuff uh, at a pretty low level. Um, and when you get to the more advanced stuff, I think McKinnis Watson is a good name to follow on Instagram. He's like a PhD in plyos and he is a bunny rabbit. This guy can jump for days. So he's a good guy to follow uh, if you're interested in the higher level plyo stuff.
0: Great. That's a fantastic answer. Um, Personally, one of the um, exercises I like for plyo stuff or even just getting them close to running some pre-running drills is I just like to do pogos, double leg, jumping on the spot, just hop 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 trying to get a uh, achieve that stiff ankle stiff knees and just using that calf to really slap the ground and um, i really like it i think it's a great way and then progress to single leg and then start progressing to single leg hop forwards i think those are yeah. um, underrated and often not done enough uh, especially with the return to running stuff for acl
1: for sure i i agree those are like really good options i i would i think like maybe put them slightly above the earlier stuff that I said, like with, with the reverse banding and the front foot elevated. Yeah. Um, maybe not. Again, it depends on the intensity. Those are great options. I also really like using a metronome sometimes. Yep. Uh to add some rhythm to it and and make sure, sure people are, are being bouncy. Sure. Uh making sure that they're hopping at certain time. and of course there's all different rates for the metronomes, right? So you That's could right. uh you could pick a different speed depending on the goal.
0: Yeah, and being of your rapping background, you can rap <laughs> at the back while... Exactly, the exactly. <laughs> hey, yo, we got, we got patient A <laughs> doing some pliers. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> rapping. No, it's uh, almost changing
0: level. Maybe one day. <laughs> almost. All right, next question is how... Okay, when would you recommend ACL surgery? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh. It depends. Um,
1: So, okay. This is a complicated answer. And I actually, I mean, what time is it? Almost seven. I have a video dropping at seven that answers this question. Um, So when should you get ACL surgery? People can have good outcomes without surgery and ACLs can heal. Mm -hmm. And people can even have good outcomes if their ACL doesn't heal. But that is certainly not the case in all cases. Uh, so then you have to ask: you know, are there risks to not getting surgery? Mm-hmm. And the main claims have been that there's an increased risk of having osteoarthritis, or an increased risk in developing issues with your meniscus, like developing further tears and potentially needing a meniscus surgery. Uh, so neither of those claims are well supported by high quality evidence they are sometimes seen in some papers looking at you know like cross-sectional papers so observational data there's big issues with drawing firm conclusions from those sorts of things like a big issue with them is that in some of those studies they didn't look at what the rehab consisted of so you know we can't draw too many firm conclusions of, of that so when, when it comes to osteoarthritis, there was this big, um, big umbrella review, which is a systematic review of systematic reviews. So yeah. lots of studies in it. Uh, and it found that after 10-year follow-up, when comparing non-surgical exercise-based rehab yep. to ACL reconstruction, mm-hmm. ACL reconstruction patients had higher rates of radiographic Office, osteoarthritis. Right. So if anything, ACL reconstruction led to higher rates of osteoarthritis. The issue there is we can't draw too many firm conclusions, because there's a very big difference between what you see on an image and what you see in real life, like someone's sure. lived experience, like yeah. you don't even need, you know, uh, imaging to diagnose someone with osteoarthritis. Yeah. So ACL reconstruction may lead to more osteoarthritis, it mm-hmm. might not. Um, but either way, it doesn't seem that uh non-surgical management leads to that. Um and there's not a, a ton of research looking at the meniscus mm. either. Um, but there is a randomized control trial or at least a secondary analysis of one that released earlier this year that showed that there wasn't a difference.
0: yeah Is that the compare? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a great the study. secondary
1: analysis of the compare trial.
0: Yeah. Um
1: So yeah, that was a a really drawn, long drawn out way of saying that there doesn't seem to be big risks in waiting a little bit as you're doing an exercise program.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so in most cases, it probably makes sense to give exercise based rehab, your best shot, give it, give it some time, give it your best effort. And if things aren't working out, like if you're not meeting your goals, And if knee instability is persisting at that point, surgery may be more indicated. Now I don't want people to take this as medical advice because there's a lot more that come into play here. Uh, But I I think that's a general framework. And I think in most cases, it's fair to say that most people should try exercise first.
0: Yeah, That's a good answer. Very good. Um, And I also, I might add to, it's important that the, that as physios, we're not the ones, as you said, this is a medical advice and we're not the ones who are making the decision for the patient. They should have a good medical team to support them, a really good surgeon who understands that surgery is not the be or, or end all um, and then working closely with a physio as well so that we can make the best um, collaborated decision that will ultimately put the patient in best hands and also best outcomes um, as much as we know with current evidence, absolutely,
1: yeah. And and if you're not happy with some of the answers you're getting, it might be worth it to get some second opinions too.
0: Yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, come see one of us. Get a get the real <laughs> opinion. Nah, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> booking. If you're from Australia, booking a uh online consult with Noah. Do you do online co- consults?
1: Not yet. Not yet. Ah, okay. Eventually, that would be yeah. awesome.
0: Well, Noah, it uh, has come to the end of this podcast, and uh, what can I say? I feel I feel motivated and inspired to to keep fighting the good fight. And um, I really appreciate you coming on and having a chat. And I'm sure this episode has a lot of gems and clinical pearls, especially for those new grads and uh, soon to be new grads listening. So, thanks, man my pleasure thank you very much
1: Dan. it was really really good being here uh it almost felt too short so uh yeah. you know maybe we could do this again someday but it was yeah. it was really really a pleasure thank you for
0: inviting me on no worries man all right and thank you to the listeners who sent in your questions and we'll be sure to catch you in the next episode thanks guys